0: Hello and welcome to Mikey Pod. This is episode 221 for December 19th, 2016. Welcome. Today's guest is Joey Ito. Joey is a Japanese activist, entrepreneur, venture capitalist, and director of the MIT Media Lab, and most recently the co-author of the book Whiplash... Yes, I feel like I should have followed that with welcome to the show, Joey, but you're going to hear from him in a second. Uh, For those of you who are just tuning into this podcast for the first time, you should know who I am. My name is Michael Heron. I'm your host uh, for this lovely podcast. I am a composer, pianist, electronic musician storyteller, and activist based in New York City. As such, I have some pretty diverse tastes in things, so on this podcast you could hear guests ranging from activists, to musicians, to pastors, to authors, whatever strikes my fancy. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for a little over 11 years, y'all. That's a rhyme, I, I don't know that I did that intentionally. Podcast to your ears for 11 years. I, I, I don't know why I had to demonstrate what a rhyme was. Uh, most of you probably already know what rhyming is. If you don't know, you've learned something new from this podcast already, and we're just a few seconds in. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelharon.com, Hit me up on social media everywhere at at Michael Heron, or send an email to mikeypod at gmail.com. Uh, I'm really psyched about sharing this interview with you. I want to check in with a couple of things. Uh, oh, my God, I should have made a list. let's Let's see if I hit everything. Last week, I mentioned depression. Uh, I'm feeling much better. This week, I realized uh, I have to just keep moving. <laughs> you know, like I talked about how a lot of the work that I do is self-motivated. I live by myself. Uh, I, I work for myself. Uh, I, I like I'm a you know freelance, everything. Uh, so it's not, you know, if no one's watching to make sure I'm doing things except for me. And, uh, if I like, I just had a couple days, especially toward the, the end of the week where I was just rolling, I was hitting it. I was working on a video, uh, lining up interviews for the podcast, all this kind of stuff. Uh, if I'm not creating in some way, it, it gets heavy. Um, uh, but I wanted to check in on that. Uh, last, last Saturday was like depression Saturday. I, I, didn't show up for anything I was uh, I had planned on doing there was a couple of protests I was going to go to and I had told people I'd be there so there was the compounded there's the the depression that made me not want to leave the house and then the shame of not showing up for my friends or the animals who I uh they need me to speak for them uh so it, it just got worse and worse and anyway a couple of people reached out and I so appreciate it uh everything's fine Fine. Everything's fine. Uh but yeah, I feel pretty good this weekend, so I'm getting this podcast knocked out. Um what are my housekeeping things? I am This makes it actually sound not that great. I started obsessing recently about what would happen to these digital things I created after I died. So if I die, uh not that I'm expecting that to happen anytime soon, I uh at some point my websites would just go down because uh, no one would be paying for them. So I started back. <laughs> is this weird? I started uh, uploading these podcasts to archive.org, which is a, a free site where you can just store digital content. So uh, I'm going to upload all my podcasts and my album and my singles and the remix album and all that kind of stuff to archive.org. So if you're, my God, you could be listening to this like from. A long time from now, because it could be like whatever kind of year. I don't even know what years from a long time from now are. What? The year 3000. There we go. Hello, if you're listening to this from the year 3000. Wow, this is just kind of freaking me out. (laughs) So anyway, that's been a fun activity. I was listening back to some of these podcasts as I'm like, and I'm sort of like fixing, repairing little weird things in, in those posts on the website. Cause they were 11 years ago. So there are broken links and things I did differently then that I, than I do now. I was an entirely different person. Some of the things I say on that podcast are not cool. Like I said some, I don't know. There are, I don't know. So, if you go back and listen to those podcasts, I have evolved since then. Uh, I, I don't think it's anything awful, but there are a couple things. And I think the world has evolved since then, too. And I'm also in New York City now and not in Texas. Nothing against Texas people. I don't know. I think it's mostly my changing. Uh, but I just said some things that I was like, ooh, I put that out in the world. So I don't know. I'm a little overly sensitive. Last housekeeping thing. Uh, if you're a subscriber on Patreon, I've enabled, um, the RSS feed. Each, each patron has their own audio RSS feed to my page. So if you, uh, I'll put a link. So if you're a Patreon person, look on the post the Patreon post of this, or just reach out to me. I'm actually pretty psyched about this. So when I post these podcasts early, like I'm doing with this one, it'll go, if you subscribe to the podcast feed, it's actually a whole audio feed. Any audio file I attach to a post in Patreon will go to this podcast feed. So if I release a song only to Patreon, it'll automatically download to your podcast, your podcatcher. Uh, So your iTunes or whatever. Uh, let me know if you do this, because if enough people start, you know, subscribing to that feed, it'd be really cool to make some patron-only uh, podcasts or, you know, whatever, some kind of audio files that that uh, you guys would get, because you're special. Speaking of Patreon, that is... Uh, oh, I'll just go to this next part of my intro thing. If you like this always-free podcast or the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all of the things, and especially... I'd love your support at patreon.com slash Heron, where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as a dollar a month. I'd love to uh, connect with you there. And I'd love your help in covering the expenses for this free podcast and all the other free content I create everywhere. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. I'd love for your support at Patreon. Uh, I just did the animal show. A few weeks ago, the full video of it is in my Patreon feed. Uh, if you're into that sort of thing, you can download all my music. Uh, there's discounts on my merch store, which include these awesome T-shirts, which you should have. Um, so much cool stuff. I'm really enjoying, and you know, I have to tell you, my guest Joey Ito, who you're going to hear from in a second. Something about that guy is super inspiring to me, as well. You know, sometimes when I'm making this podcast or talking about it, I have a tendency toward. Uh, Uh, self-deprecation anyway so what I sort of I'm like it's just this little thing that I do but when I was talking to Joey who was like badass of the century uh, maybe yeah yeah he's a badass of the century Uh, and and we're being excited about making podcasts and creating content and you know doing these interesting experimental feeling things you know like it it was really sort of lifted me up uh, about this stuff that I do. So I'm feeling really good. Uh that said, if you are also lifted up by this stuff that I do, uh support me on Patreon and you can help me create more of it. There you go. So this is a super interesting interview uh with Joey. He last night so we 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 did the interview yesterday. Night before last, he sent me a message saying, Hey, do you want to Facebook live our interview? So we Facebook live on his page the interview, and it sort of turned into this collaborative interview. See what I mean? This is really, really cool. Uh, So we wound up sort of interviewing each other, and it's on his Facebook page, and it will be the interview will be on his podcast feed, and it's on my podcast feed, and it's going to be on all the places I post this uh, SoundCloud and Mix cloud. I post this podcast pretty much everywhere. Uh, so yeah, so it's going to have a sort of live-ish quality. We we sort of uh, responded to some comments that were being made on the Facebook live. Uh, so let me know what you think of this. It, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. You guys, it's pretty cool. Before we get to the interview though, I'd like to share this, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, as, uh, I'm a supporter of the record label ghostly international on drip.com which is part of kickstarter which if i'm not mistaken uh joey has some hand in kickstarter i can't remember what it is uh joey does all the cool stuff Uh, so they just posted uh, drip drip is similar to uh, Patreon. And some of you who've been listening for a while know that I was on drip for a while until I moved recently over to Patreon. It's a great site for things like ghostly international, which is a, like a boutique record label. Uh, they release some great music and you can subscribe to their feed for 15 bucks a month and it gives you access to everything they've ever released. Uh, and one of those things is this album from telephone Tel Aviv. And uh, the, the album is called Fair, Fahrenheit Fair Enough. And this track is called What's the Use of Feet If You Haven't Got Legs? And we'll hear from Joey Ito after this. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Joey Ito. How are you doing?
1: Very good. Uh, it's been a while. It's uh, I follow you on Facebook, so I kind of vicariously live uh see through your eyes, but uh, it's really good to connect again.
0: Yeah, you too. It's so funny. We're we're doing so now that we're on the podcast, I should say that this is also Facebook Live and uh, so we're having this like folding in on itself thing where I've already been introduced and now I'm introducing you and it feels really funny. So Joey, I already introduced you early in the show. You have a new book out, which I happen to have here. So our Facebook people can see it's called whiplash. Um, I want to talk to you about a couple things. Um, you are the director of the MIT media lab. Mm-hmm. Is there like a nutshell version of what the media lab does?
1: Yeah, it's uh, a. <laughs> I- it, it, it's it's so uh, um, that's the worst part of uh, the Media Lab is it's very difficult to put into a nutshell. Be, and it sort of depends on who you ask and and who is asking. But um, having said that, I'll I'll describe what it is and then maybe we can talk about what what's interesting about it. I mean, it's a lab inside of MIT. Uh, it's quite unique in that most labs don't have their own academic program. They're usually separated, like church and state, where labs do research and academic programs do uh, the academic program like lectures and degrees um, we have both in one unit and so uh, we were able to redesign the academic program to align with the research so instead of having lots of lectures and lots of classes uh, everyone in the media lab is working on projects on building stuff and we believe in learning through construction rather than learning through instruction. And instead of sitting around listening to lectures and reading textbooks, all of us are, are, are makers. And we have uh, everything from synthetic biology to opera to um, uh, cities to learning to um, – so, so it, 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 the key thing is that, that – um, I think everything we do probably involves humans and machines at some level. Everything we do involves actually uh, making something. And we use the word anti-disciplinary, um, which is not that we don't like disciplines, but there's this interesting space between the disciplines where you can't really identify yourself as a mechanical engineer or a computer scientist or an artist or a designer, but that you're sort of all of them and none of them. And mm. and, and then the other, I think, key thing is that we we'd like to be in the spaces where other people aren't yet. So, for instance, we were into wearables in the 80s. Um, now, all of the people who were on that team are running the wearable teams at you know, Google, Microsoft, Samsung, and we're now working on implantable circuits. And so, we try to be the ones trying to pioneer um, new areas. So, we often we have you know almost ninety corporate sponsors, and uh, we like to t- talk to them and tell them that you know we're trying to answer answer questions you don't yet know to ask. So instead of just solving obvious problems, we're trying to also imagine uh, the things that uh, we need to work on. And so it's a it's a it's a fun place. It's thirty years old, um, and uh, you know we probably have gone from working on a lot of uh, human interface stuff like we invented e-ink for the kindle or guitar hero lego mindstorms you know and then we started working a lot on networks um, a lot of the early social media stuff and uh, more recently uh, we're working in artificial intelligence and a lot of biology
0: um, so the biology and the implantables and all this sort of stuff is, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, one of the things that I'm getting from your book already, and, and I already admitted that I haven't finished reading the book yet. <laughs> um, but the thing that's opening my mind and, and is really interesting about, about what, uh, the media lab does is that concept of, uh, taking existing technology further or taking these ideas further than we seem to see. Like, um, yeah. So all of that. Uh, tell me about implantables. is are we implanting into people, yeah. implanting into
1: <laughs> objects? What's happening? So so implantables. So we have <clears> a, a a new faculty member named um, Janan mm-hmm. Douggraddir, and and uh, she does things like um, <clears throat> one of the things she worked on is this there's a thing called piezoelectronics, which is um, it's it's when it flexes, it creates energy. So she created a thing that laminated a heart. and the beating of your heart, Uh, powered a pacemaker. So that's an implantable circuit. She's working on things like implanting circuits into your brain to try to connect computers um, and your brain. Um, We have a a faculty member, Hugh Hare, who's a a double amputee, and he's been working a lot on um, m- robotic limbs for um, amputees. And one of the things that, uh, uh, and, and actually one of the first things I approved was Hugh getting a tissue scientist. And so what he's doing now is working on the idea of uh, a robotic uh, prosthesis where either. Nerves are actually connected to the robot, so you could feel the bottom of your foot. Um, it would sort of remove the phantom pain, which is one of the problems with amputees, uh, uh, you know, after amputation, and then also be able to control uh, limbs uh, directly with the nerves. So, so that's that's the, so there, those are the sort of implantable circuits part. And um, We also have uh, Bob Langer, who's an institute professor who works on the same program, which is we're calling it the Center for Extreme Bionics, which is really trying to eliminate all kinds of disabilities whether they're neural or or um, or, or you know physiological but he's working on a lot of um, uh, uh, not electrical implants but uh, for instance uh, uh, organ trans uh, organ replacements he he's uh, one of the has done one of the most uh, successful uh, spinal cord, uh, He puts a a material in that then um, helps the spinal cord recover, um, and and several people have actually uh, had massive spinal cord injuries and um, have recovered uh, with the process. So, so there's a bunch of stuff. And and what what, what's interesting is we'd been doing a bunch of work in in artificial intelligence and computers and interfaces, and that was sort of a historical thing. The media lab did a lot of work in, and then we we had you know um, Ed Boyd and joined, who's a faculty member that works on the brain, and we had, you know, a lot of biology starting to percolate inside of the lab, but then um, recently what's interesting is with with uh, Janan coming on board, um, we're now able to connect that whole computer science side of the lab to the uh, uh, biology side of the lab, so it's, it's, it's pretty exciting.
0: Um, wow. So all of these things blow my mind and I have these moments and I have to sort of talk myself down from where I'm like, I'm not smart enough for this. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's okay. Just listen. Um, but I'm curious how, I know that there's a, uh, an arts sort of component to what's happening too at the (laughs) media lab, right? Like, um, musicians and, and what other type of artists are in action at the media lab?
1: Yeah. So, so we have, I mean, so music is is historically one of the uh, great areas of the lab, and um, Todd Macover does operas that use robots, and 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 one of my favorite stories though is when Yo-Yo Ma came, and he wanted, a, and so I'll tell you about other arts, but this this is, I like the story because it talks about the lab. So so Yo-Yo Ma came and and he collaborated with with Todd and um, other uh, faculty at the lab and students on creating a hyper instrument, which was a cello that had a sensor in the bow. And then later, Penn and Teller came, and they wanted this uh, special chair where, depending on how you sat in or who sat in it, the images that came up were going to be different. And then later, uh, they were demoing it to an NEC engineer, and this is when um, there was that whole problem with child seats and airbags in cars, and the U.S. was trying to pass a law around this. And the problem was that you couldn't tell whether it was a child seat or an adult sitting in... Uh, 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 the passenger side. But the engineer said, hey, could you kind of modify that sensor? And then they eventually, it turned into this, uh, 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 I think it's called seat sentry, but it was a, was a, a device that was deployed in all the Japanese automobiles to protect child seats from airbags. And so it went from uh, working on an instrument with yo-yo ma to a magic show with Penn and Teller where we are sending students to Las Vegas to uh, uh, a safety uh, sensor for automobiles and one of the most licensed patents from MIT and so so that's that shows kind of the, one of the things that's in the in the book about you know this idea of serendipity and the mm-hmm. idea of you know it, it sort of inventing things because there was a great New York Times article about how how uh, you know about half of our inventions are things that they you you find by accident you, when you discover something you're not actually looking for and being open to that serendipity is really important and and the key thing by the way of arts is that you know engineering and to a large extent design is about solving a problem right here's your problem you got to get this done how do i solve it arts and science is about imagining and i think what's really important you know so for instance i think when you think about the iphone Steve Jobs wasn't sitting there thinking, "How do I make a more efficient phone?" There was some artistic aha that made him and his team come up with this crazy new format, right? And and that's that inspiration is really important. So so we have a lot of other arts. I mean, we have uh, Neri Oxman, who's making some beautiful work, and she's both a designer and an artist and a scientist and a an engineer, and she she makes um you can sort of Google her name, Neri Oxman, but she makes these beautiful things that end up in MoMA. But are also um, inventing new mathematics to do 3D printing of 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 of, of glass, uh, thinking about structural engineering, and so so there's a there's there's a lot of interesting um, uh, things that that you have to invent in order to produce the kind of art that many of our artists are are working on. So there's there's materials there's um, there's uh, uh, and, and then some of the art gets close to design. So we have uh, a, a woman, um, uh, Sputniko who does these uh, works on design fiction. So she tells these really interesting stories of, um, for instance, mm. you know, these uh, two uh, lesbian women who want to have a child. And she imagines a future when, you uh, with uh uh with uh genetics you can take the genetics of two women and they have a child and she creates a a book of what pictures of what these uh kids would look like and sort of makes a documentary of the this couple um seeing a book of their family photos imagining what it would be like for the two of them to have kids and it was a it was a really wonderful exercise and and they showed it on on, um uh public broadcast in japan it was quite controversial but it was also quite beautiful so that's another example of the More artistic stuff that we do. Ah,
0: that is amazing. I love, yeah, I love that that exists. And I think this is what I get so excited about talking. uh, Why I get so excited to talk to you because you, as a person, I see as someone who combines the creativity and the the uh, ingenuity. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, you you come at it from all angles as a person, and it's it's really interesting to talk to you. Yeah. Uh I I I loved the the intro of the book where you talk about the um the, the filmmakers I'm worried about pronouncing the name right the Lumiere's am I right mm-hmm. Yeah yeah. Uh that uh, such a great example of what you're talking about in the book that whole idea that they invented film uh, moving pictures and 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 then they thought okay well that's it and they thought they had uh, they used the the technology to the to its extent and mm-hmm. of course here we are
1: further down the line yeah i mean and i don't know if i could ask you a question but i mean don't you think that podcasting sort of did that too because it was like cool for a while and then everybody said yeah it's you know it's kind of over but then suddenly you know with the podcasting being so much easier to deliver to your iphone and it for some reason it seems like a thing again i mean do, do you notice that
0: uh i think so and it, what's interesting when I started I loved like trying to be OG about my podcasting. Uh, back I started my podcast back before <laughs> the days of iTunes. Um and a lot of us got really mad when when all of these like NPRs when when iTunes happened and started carrying podcasts and um and and all of a sudden we were all overshadowed with because suddenly there were professionals making podcasts and and it felt like it was taking the um, the, the spirit or the life out of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. But, and I guess it was in a way, but it was also raising the bar, right? Like, and I, I've been listening to um, the uh, startup podcast. Did you listen to that? Uh, it's, it's by, mm. I, I don't even know the host name, but he's talking about, he wanted to start a podcasting company and he had a history of working with NPR, uh, this American life. And so he started podcasting the process of being a startup, Company, it's very interesting to listen to, and it made me realize that you know, as lis- listening to it, it it I got ideas of how to start making my podcast. You know, rather than just being like, "Well, this is what a podcast is." Listening to these conversations and his the, the way that he pulls from his current time and puts it into a podcast about itself uh, really inspired me to start thinking differently about things. So, uh, mm. so yeah, and it does feel like we're in a new. Like a new age of uh, podcasting being a a, a more uh, respected medium.
1: Yeah, that's very cool.
0: Yeah, so you also do a podcast, which I didn't realize until today, and this podcast (laughs) is also going to be podcasted (laughs) (laughs) in your feed. So we we talked about having like sort of a handoff of uh, of Mm -hmm. of being interviewer interviewee. So this could be a time that we switch.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, like, I mean, to be honest, I, I am not nearly as polished, and I, 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 I you know, I barely can call what I do podcasting because all I do is uh, record our conversations that I'm fiddling around with. Um, and I just put them onto iTunes. So, um, i am kind of the, the worst part of the Venn diagram of you and NPR and that, um, I'm using this new technology. But, um, having said that I was probably doing some version of podcasting way before most people, but I never made it a thing nearly as, as, as well as you have. And my dogs are barking. Um, but, uh, uh hold on one second. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. I guess it's okay. Um, do you hear the dogs or Oh is yeah, it okay? I can hear them. But it's fine. Okay, all right. It's fine. All right. So, um but no, so so I'm just for me it's it's this weird thing where I'm trying to fiddle with the technology while I'm actually producing content. So, it's always in the slight state of disrepair. I'm I'm working on this I'm using the software called Miva Live uh, because Oliver who's who's uh, who's helping me with this and and so all the glitches we can blame on him. Uh, has <laughs> ha, ha, has been helping me but But you know what? What I realized was uh, as I was going through the day, um, I was meeting really interesting people, and uh, I used to do a lot. I used to blog a lot more because I had more time. But I just realized my life was just a series of meetings, and then I Mm -hmm. said, "Okay, well, why don't I just record these meetings and share them?" Um, And I started. Doing that a little while ago, um, and then I found that well, that was kind of interesting because when you record it, people try to be a little bit more succinct and and on point. Um, and then I and then Facebook Live started happening, and so I tried messing around with Facebook Live. And what I realized was even if it's people that you know, if you sort of okay, we're all live. Um, the, the conversation is a little bit more intense and a little bit more, uh, uh, I mean, it's like you have an audience, so it's, a, it's slightly different. And even mm-hmm. if you just go, like I went to see Seth Godin uh, a little while ago, and you know he's a good friend, but I don't see him face-to-face that often. But I said, okay, well, let's do a Facebook Live. And so when we did the Facebook Live, uh, the conversation was very different because he was still catching up. But it turned into something that was, you know, the both of us, I think, put a little bit more energy into what we were saying than we would have if we were just kind of, um, you know, eating cookies and, and, and drinking <laughs> coffee. Um, and, you know, obviously, we had another conversation after the the Facebook Live. And then what's neat about um and and so that's why my, my podcasts don't feel as podcasty, maybe, because they're recordings of live conversations that I've had. Um, but I also realized, um, because I was putting up just putting up the videos at the beginning, but a, a friend of mine, Jason DiFilippo, who does a lot of podcasts, he said, no, 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 your distribution and podcasts will be very different. I mean, the, the people who watch videos at their desktop aren't the same people who listen to podcasts um, in the train or in the car on their way to work. So you should definitely do an audio version. And Jason's been super helpful because he kind of said, okay, you don't want to go above um, 96K. You want to keep the files small or they're going to hate you because they're downloading them over their mobile plans. And, and he got me all sort of sorted out with Libsync and all of the, the, the podcast distribution part. And, and that's yeah. also the fun thing is that I just like geeking out on the technology. And you know, since I podcasted again, you know, kind of back in the day, it's, it's so much more sophisticated. But just like it, any technology, if you then push it all the way to the bleeding edge, it's still just as funky as <laughs> it, it was when we first started. But, uh, but the, videos, the video component is interesting. But I still find that at the end of the day, the audio is more important, I think, than the video. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I love this video thing. I've never done a simultaneous live feed podcast recording. Uh, it's fun. And I feel it, it's changing what I'm doing right now, too. Often, I just don't do video at all, even on Skype, when we're talking. Um, I think somehow I like to
1: sort of like be hidden
0: but uh-huh. um, this is great it's super yeah, fun
1: yeah I, I don't know have you I because there's some people that I've only talked to on the phone and I even on Skype I don't turn on the video because it just seems like it, it would change the relationship so much I don't know if it's just me but but uh, there definitely is a different thing when you go video but anyway that's a yeah.
0: Side. <laughs> you, you know, I like on that same aside. I uh, I have a little portable recorder that I got to record. Uh, I mentioned before that I, I, I'm doing this uh, multimedia thing, and uh, at a animal sanctuary, Tamerlane Farm Animal Sanctuary, and I got this recorder specifically to record sounds of the animals to then turn into samples and manipulate. And um, I decided to try doing an in-person podcast interview, which I do very rarely. And Mm. while I was doing the interview, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I should always do them in person. And then when I listened, it was good. But I was like, "Eh, it wasn't that amazing. (laughs) I think (laughs) I do a little bit. Somehow I feel like I do a little bit better. And it just means I need to practice the in-person thing. Um, Which, of course, takes us back to what you were saying about uh, using this technology and and, and did I did I interpret this correctly? The idea of you're you're doing your podcast and just trying out what works as you do the podcast.
1: Uh, yeah. And, and and what's what's weird for me is, you know, because I, I, I travel with only carry on luggage and I'll be doing these in my hotel room or in people's offices. And so I'm having to kind of like put together different kits and different like and something like we're doing ours right now over Skype. But sometimes I do them face to face. Sometimes I do them using so so it's 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 fun for me to like n- geek out on the gadgets and I I'm trying lavalier mics versus uh, so so that's sort of the, the 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 nerdy part. But the 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 fun part is as I start to do this stuff, I'm starting to hang out with my like I have a student at the media lab who's like knows everything about um, video compression and video codecs and video streaming and we've been just geeking out there. And I've got you know Jason who's talking to me about audio and. And 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 now I'm going to pick your brain about um, podcasting and stuff. And so connecting with the people who are really good at each of the sort of segments of stuff that I'm working on. And I know somebody who's really really into all the different uh, video cameras and what's the best bang for the buck and the size and stuff like that. So I probably should share more of this information once I sort of figure it out. But I'm still um, in the process of kind of um, sorting out what my um, you know various different kits look like.
0: Uh, and but that's fun, right? It's it's, it's like totally fun, yeah. That stuff.
1: Uh, although although it's a bit it's a bit distracting, you know. I mean, it like because um, I often I'll book a thirty minute meeting with somebody and fifteen minutes of it is me kind of setting up all my. Oh all like
0: yeah, that. yeah. You know, I found when I, I I've been a pianist forever, and maybe four or five years ago, I decided I really wanted to really dig into electronic music, and um, I bought Ableton Live software. And started teaching myself how to use it, and I was feeling so excited, and like, oh, I'm a le- an electronic musician now, and and uh, spending a lot of time. And I, then I realized, like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm I know the software really well now, but I'm just spending my time learning new things. <laughs> I haven't really made anything yet. So yeah. that that's an interesting level of that distraction. And, trying to find that balance you know I can go down a rabbit hole of like oh like learning all these things on YouTube and then realize like oh I I haven't used any of these and I've forgotten all of these things I've learned because I didn't put them into practice
1: well that's that's sort of the getting back to the art and the engineering right I mean I think it's important I think I think both of us have an urge to express stuff and and in a way that's the content and it could also be the art the engineering is really important to be able to get it out there and to to render it into stuff it's kind of learning the instrument at some level or even building the instrument is 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 part of the engineering and and I think it's important because if you don't have something to say <laughs> there's no reason to learn how to do these <laughs> podcasts but on the other hand if you can't figure out the technology it's also really hard to get your message out and I think What's what's really interesting, we, we talk about this a lot at the Media Lab, is um, progress really in, in science and in art happens when the artists can actually build and understand the tools, right? Like you and I are hacking the tools right now, but it's because we, we're trying to figure out how to say what we say and do what we do in a more creative way. And the problem is if you're just looking at the tools without understanding how to use it, you're not going to be creative. And if you're creative without understanding the tools, you get into a pattern like the print industry or the television industry and industries like the video game industry where most of the developers are also the creatives they're able to go from coin operated things to CDs to online to you know mobile and 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 the content continues to get better and VR and all this other stuff because the creative people are actually working on the on, on the technology. So so I I, you know, I I I think that 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 sometimes you kind of geek out on technology and like you said you say oh wait a second wait I forgot why I was doing this now I gotta <laughs> ma- I gotta make something, but but I think I think that that sort of curiosity of engine in the engineering side um, is is and and you know getting back to the uh, the book and the luminaires and stuff like that. It it really is, um, you know. It requires um, uh, the artists are the ones that break the tools um, and push the tools to the limits so that the progress occurs. Because otherwise, you end up sort of you know doing things um, that might not actually be that useful.
0: Yeah, uh, I love that that I. Image or it, it happened of the um, filming. Uh, there's a cat involved. I'm like, I'm like that. That one part about the cat when uh, when they had the the wide shot of a girl feeding a cat. Am I remembering that? And then mm-hmm. and then it was the first time they decided let's close up on the cat. And and they were worried that people would not know what happened to the girl. You know, <laughs> this was the first time in a film that there had been a close up. Um, it, it, it's funny to me, and it's also eye opening and like what what are the ways in my my work my my creative work and the way i use technology what are the ways that i'm but this is a corny cliche but just seeing the big picture and not believing that i can close up in on the cat you know like what where am I limiting my thinking the same mm-hmm. way that they did? Because to, today that seems ridiculous. Like, what do you mean you didn't know you could close up on the cat and not freak everyone right. out about what happened to the little girl who used to be in the picture? <laughs> uh, so, But we're and, doing that now. Like, there are things that we, we're limiting ourselves in the same way.
1: Yeah, and, and um, Neri Oxman and and Kim at MIT teach a class called Design Across Scales. And it's about sort of doing design thinking and design at um, uh, uh, the molecular level, the sort of uh, you know microbial level, the object level, the human level, the architectural level, the city level, the 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 earth, the astrophysics. And what's really interesting and important is that a lot of times you get stuck on a certain microscope setting, which is kind of the scale in which you think. and, in fact, whether you're talking about climate change or you're talking about um, uh, urban systems or you're talking about society, um, all of the systems at every scale connect to each other and they all affect each other. And I think one of the really in- interesting and important things is you have you really need to think at all scales. Sorry, I'm sort of riffing off of this close-up thing. It's sort of related but not really. I'm, I'm following <laughs> um, but, but but like 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 take your 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 veganism, right? So so there's the animal rights whole sort of ethical space. There's the impact of, of being a vegan or eating meat on the sort of supply chain environmental scale. There's kind of an aesthetic about it and there's sort of a cultural element. And there's so so I think one of the things that we try to talk a lot about and and actually implement and teach at the Media Lab is that anything that you do, you should try to think about how it affects Uh, all of the systems at every scale and to sort of keep in mind that there's a girl there when you're looking at the cat and keep zooming in and out and not get stuck at one scale or one microscope setting because that's sort of the one of the reasons why we have so many of these disasters is that um, people build things, a div- uh, an object, you know, a, a, a little plastic mascot for the Olympics, thinking just about this little moment that they're in, not thinking about the f- fact that it's going to end up in landfill and that it's 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 kind of a, 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 st- a stupid thing to have, you know, <laughs> in, in, in a system. And so 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 um, you know, and it, and 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 so I you know I I think that that kind of thinking about everything as a in, in, is not as a system, but also a system across scales um, is 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 really important. And, uh, um, and 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 the tools that let you sort of go in and out into those different scales um, is is really important, too, because you have to, I think, continuously be diligent and um, being aware of them.
0: Yeah. that So that's one of the things when I told you before that I was sort of savoring the book um, that that I have to like step back and be like, OK, so how does that? How does that concept apply to what I'm doing? Um, and I don't have an answer to that. That's more of an observation of what I do with with sort of thinking, because uh, this is all having me thinking in a in in a broader way than I'm used to or a more broad way. Um, so uh, it's, it's fascinating and also leaves me a little like uh, at a loss for words sometimes well, when
1: I think I mean, about it. I mean, what, what, one thing I would – and there was a question on here about um, your music and uh, how you compose, so I want to – ask you the question, but just before I jump into that, I wanted to, you know, make a point that I made on other previous conversations is that, um, I think we need a culture change, uh, whether we're talking about climate or whether we're talking about, um, you know, how we think about the world. And, you know, clearly there's a lot of energy right now in people feeling dissatisfied or unhappy. And if you look at culture changes, like fundamental behavior change, it's usually accompanied by a culture change, which is usually driven by music, right? So if you think about the uh, uh, no future generation that created punk rock, or you think about sort of how the Beatles came out and they had these little suits with the funny hairdo, but then they discover uh, Ravi Shankar, turn a little bit hippie, and then they transform a whole generation into sort of, a you know, together with other people, but into this whole love and peace generation. And I, and I think that... um you know, you can sit around and, and lecture people and try to convince people that they're wrong or convince people that you know, we need to work on climate. But I think the way that we're going to change it is to change the music and the way that we change the music. And, and, and it's got to start to feel kind of disgusting to do things that are wasteful. And it's got to feel kind of happy and beautiful to do things that are loving, you know, and I feel like that's missing. You know, I feel like, you, you know, yeah, and again, it's it's unclear whether it's it's somebody that looks more like the Beatles or somebody that looks more like T- Sid Vicious. You know, hopefully, Trump isn't our new Sid Vicious. But but <laughs> but, I, but 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 I look to people who can make music who think. About music as part of the important um, leadership for this new uh, 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 revolution, and, and you're you're an activist, and you've got a bunch of these things. You've got music, you've got your vegan thing. I'm curious, uh, you know, how you think about your music, and, and to sort of a- answer Karthik's question, I mean, when you, how does your creative process work, and how do you how do you compose?
0: Uh, that's a really interesting question because, uh, like I mentioned before, I I. I studied composition and piano in college and um at some point I got overwhelmed with the whole idea <laughs> and then stopped and you know and and life sort of led me to um music directing or so I was doing a lot of theater work when I still lived in Texas and Houston um and I wasn't composing at all um so all that background is kind of to say that I'm still figuring out what my uh my creative process is like um most recently I did a show called The Animal Show that I used. Um, I combined storytelling and electronic music and a couple of string players. Um, so part of... Uh, it's hard to answer that question because a lot of times I sort of wake up like, okay, I have a show and I have to write this stuff. I I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm figuring it out. So sometimes I write with text first, um, but my my uh my creative process for the music aspect of things is often sitting at the piano uh Mm -hmm. which in my case is a keyboard and and sort of figuring out melodies and that sort of thing but then I used a lot of sounds from animals at this sanctuary uh Mm. in the last show so some things emerged out of that and so I don't I don't have like a really concrete way of talking about how I work I think what what's going to be interesting now is now that I finished, I just did a three night run of this show here in New York. And, um, and my director and I both agreed like, Oh, that was in progress. (laughs) There's still a lot Mm -hmm. more to do with this show. So it's going to be interesting having like this sort of core of ideas that now felt like Mm -hmm. it felt like a show, but I feel Mm -hmm. like there were things missing. And, um, so I think this is going to be what I discovered to be part of my process too, to Mm -hmm. take these ideas. And as I was performing and at, you know, like, like the second, third night of the show, as I was more comfortable with what this is like performing the show. Cause again, this is like this only the second show, a solo show like this I've done. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah. So the, my, my process is emerging, uh, but it's really mm-hmm. interesting. I, I'm often following like a sound or a loop or something that I created in Ableton live and things mm-hmm. emerge from there. But I also write piano based string stuff. So, those uh, I'll come up with a melody and then expand on mm-hmm.
1: it. I, I love Ableton Live. I mean I haven't used it for a while, but I started out as a DJ, and Ableton Live is sort of the DJ's dream because you sort of go from you know mixing songs to sort of feeling almost like you're making songs, you know and it's yeah uh, and, and and I find like it it also gets my Creative Commons juices going because it's really about how can you turn remixing into an art form. And it, it, you know, in, in a way, it, it sort of blurs this line between the c- pure creative process of making music to this sort of just, you know, playing songs in series to sort of everything in between as much as you want to do. So I found that to be an ex- extremely uh, uh, cool tool.
0: Yeah, it gave me a great appreciation for DJs that I didn't have before, because uh, I, so much of learning the software happened on YouTube and the people Mm -hmm. that do Ableton tutorials are often DJs. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's really, it's great for me too, because I can create in these little segments and then turn that into something else that I perform live. And mm then I was able to, with my previous show, take those loops and little scenes and things that I created and turn Mm -hmm. them into an album and like just in the same software, turn to that linear layout. And that's where I like recorded the
1: album. There's there's a great comment from Eve which was says that 2016 was a loss of culture with our, a loss of David Bowie and Prince and um, um, what what the next cultural movement's like and she mentions Hamilton as well. I mean I I, I think you know because the two of us met um, around Creative Commons, and mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of uh, Larry Lessig's early stuff was um, really about talking about remix, and I feel like Hamilton's a great example of taking um, sort of modern delivery and you know African-American culture and, and mashing it up with the the, the amazing history of, of of the founding fathers and, and turning it into something really compelling and beautiful, one of the, I think probably the most impressive musical I've ever seen in my life, and and to me what's what's interesting is that you can also do it badly right just remixing doesn't necessarily make it good and i think what's interesting is that we see things like hamilton which is a, such a well done remix both at and every layer right from the from the message to the delivery to the to the everything and and i feel like one of the things that um that i'm excited about right now is um um uh, Conservation International and Emerson Collective and those folks are working a lot with um, indigenous people. Um, it turns out, you know, 25% of the Earth's uh, land is uh, uh, is sort of in the custody of of, of indigenous people. But 80 percent of the carbon sinks and 80 percent of biodiversity is on this land. And, 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 and when you talk to the indigenous people, it's their culture, it's their vibe that allows them to flourish without ruining the environment that they're in and actually flourishing together with nature. And to me, I feel like how do you translate that the, the sort of Aborigine or the Inuit way of thinking into something that's consumable by us right and and, and consumables not even the right right word is is is, uh, is something that we can identify with and, and to me both the technology the stuff like what we're doing right now as well as um, things like Hamilton are, are real inspirations and I feel like that cultural remixing is uh, but but with with taste with with a kind of new sensibility is um, is really important and and you know it's, and obviously the technology is just a small piece of it but um, I, I feel like that's 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 really important. And and like like you and I would probably never have met and we probably wouldn't be talking right now if it weren't for um, these these tools that we have. I don't know what you think about that, Mikey. Uh,
0: Yeah, I think that's been one of the really fun things about doing this podcast um, is that I wind up connecting with people like you who we wouldn't have really had opportunity to cross paths. And, um, and now look look at the learning we're doing from Look at the learning. <laughs> we're learning from each other. But, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I love the way that you um, take that idea of remixing beyond like it's and this is, again, like part of what what I'm pulling from your book or, or getting out of your book is that idea of like taking a concept to its potential. Like we really are uh, remixing cultures and, and we have the, the potential to combine and look at things in different ways
1: so yeah that's very cool um i think we're sort of running up into our um our our, our maximum recommended uh <laughs> length for podcasts and facebook lives but um i don't know if you have uh, any last things we should talk about
0: no i think that is that feels like a good place should we uh just for the sake of uh all our Mass of listeners from all different platforms uh where maybe we can each talk about where we can be found online
1: yeah um why don't you go oh well actually yeah well i mean you go first <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh so my my uh, website is
0: michaelherren.com. m-i-c-h-a-e-l-h-a-r-r-e-n.com this podcast is actually at mikeypod.com um and then i'm on social media pretty much everywhere as at michael heron boom go. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Um, Yeah, and I'm sort of on SoundCloud, uh, um, iTunes, but my blog is um, joey.itoito.com and everything you can find, you can, links from there. Awesome. All Ah, right. Thanks so much for doing this. This Awesome. Thank
2: you. I have never been the type to ask you for a kiss. And so, the only thing I'll say is just to ask you this The sky is clear, and you are here with me. And oh, just think. But I guess we'll have to wait and see I did, then what it, good would it do All that I know is just to love you
0: Camille Harris with Above the Trees brand new single from Camille you can find her at CamilleHarris.net that link as well as many others uh, hopefully everything you hear from this show will be lovingly re- re- <laughs> just stop lovingly recreated at uh, MikeyPod.com in the, in the show notes for this episode you'll find links to the musicians you heard to the guest Joey Ito the amazing Joey Ito that uh, I don't know. I've had some really fun conversations on the podcast lately. Let's hope it keeps going. Let's hope it keeps going. Um, what else do I need to tell you? I, I think I think I've told you all the things. Uh, oh, look, take a look. If you're, I, I only look at this podcast in iTunes because that's what I use, or you know, the podcast app on an iPhone. Uh, I noticed that if you tap on the screen, if you're listening to it in iOS, it'll pull up the show notes there and the links that I include in the website. Uh, are live also on this app. So you can tap them and it'll take you to the places. So if you're somewhere, uh, that's probably old news, but it feels very exciting to me because, well, it's not easy to put a link. It actually is pretty easy, but I, I put them all. So um, take a look at those. You can look at the artist or the. you can read about the person I'm talking to right there on your phone because this is the future, people. Um, until it's implanted. <laughs> implanted. Anyway, uh, I am officially rambling. Please do email me. Leave a review on iTunes. If you like this podcast, tell a friend. Subscribe. Like. Yeah, I, you can't like it. I guess you can. Rate it five stars. And uh, if you would like to hear more work from me, if you want to support this work that I do and produce mostly for free, patreon.com slash Heron. Thanks for listening, and um, lovely. Goodbye.